listening to Miller and Moulton, exclusively on the Florida Sports Network. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. It is the Diamond District bonus hour. There's a big day a week from tomorrow. If you want to participate in that day or you need to, then, uh, you know, you should visit Todd and Jason and their staff of the Diamond District. You know, I mean, they've got diamonds and best prices, great service. I mean, you know, if you're into that sort of thing, they are. That's why they've been kicking butt doing it for over 20 years. But, you know, just say if you need you need a hand, it's this thing called Valentine's Day. That's what Todd and Jason are there for. You know, if you if you're not if you're like Trent and you're not going to participate this year, well, okay. You know, you thank him for sponsoring the show and you move on. Trent, will you go out on Valentine's on that Wednesday? I mean, you're at the age where you could go out and look for the pairs of women that are together. You know, commiserating in their datelessness. You gonna you gonna hit any of the bars up on Valentine's Day and see what's out there? It'll depend on what the slate is that night, but I, I will slate. strongly, yeah, college hoops, what, <laughs> NBA, what, what are we talking about here? That's outstanding. That's outstanding. It depends on the slate. <clears throat> wow. Didn't know he was playing pool. Right. That's fantastic. Depends on the slate. Now I'm interested in the slate. It's funny. You and I are. I, I couldn't get my phone to February 14th fast enough to see who's playing. Uh, I have to admit, not a good matchup for top 25 teams. You know, Tennessee's at bad Arkansas. UConn's at really bad DePaul. You know, unless South Carolina and Auburn's doing it for you, you and your beloved Big Ten, you know, try to see what's going on on Valentine's Day. Because when you think Valentine's Day, you think Big Ten basketball. <laughs> Yes, you do. I mean, Knicks right. and Magic, Heat and well, 76ers. I mean, you got a couple of, couple of big games there. Well, Mark, he's not going out till at least 8.30. Sparty's at Penn State on Valentine's Day. Oh, boy. So, so, you know, that'll be a Big Ten network, maybe an FS1 thing, you know. So he'll head out. He'll be out about 9 o'clock, ladies. 9 o'clock, Trent will be out on Valentine's Day. I'll have to find out. I'll check my Michigan State alumni emails and see if there's an alumni watch party for that Michigan State-Penn State because if you strolled in, now there won't be any single women at that. What there will be is, you know, grandparents. That'll go, oh, look at him. He's here by himself on Valentine's Day to watch Michigan State. He's a good boy. Trust me, heading to Rusty's on a on a random day for some wings. See, I not often that I'm paying for my own rum and cokes when uh, you sit down next to the nice ladies. Wow. Really? Wow. Look, look at this guy. You got, you got that much game, huh? <laughs> it doesn't take huh? much. Okay. Well, it, hey, wouldn't know. Wouldn't know. You know, Miller Moulton, we have to go to places like the Diamond District to have game. So, you know, apparently you can just walk in the place. Well, you know, that's that was a long time ago for us. As we found out last hour – it might have been like all the way back in the 80s. Oh, man. Never felt so old doing this show. Never <laughs> felt so old. Amanda Kristovich does a really good job covering sports business and college sports for front office sports. But she is, uh, how shall I put this, young. And so she was talking about a book. Indentured, by the way, the name of the book. 
I actually wrote it down. And it uh, documents the college athlete's uh, journey and struggle, if you will. And uh, she said, I mean, it goes all the way back to the 80s. And my heart and soul just fell to the floor. Like, oh, man. Yeah, because you know what's going to happen now. I'm going to go out and get charged to senior soda. I mean, there's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. I'm going to, today at some point, I'm going to get charged as a senior citizen now. You know, it would be one thing if you walked into a place and they did it because your hair's gone gray and you don't color it. So I, I could see where that might happen. But when you get it at the drive through from just ordering. Right. That's not fair. No. No. Does my voice sound that old? No. I mean, you not know, to that me. Little, that little mirror that they have that they look at. I mean, man, I look that. God, oh, man. No offense. Can you update this camera? I mean, it's like all the way back from the 80s. Ah. Our poll question is a 60-40 vote right now. Do you think the college athlete should be an employee? 60% of you say yes. Yes has been winning all day. It was as close as like 55-45 at one point. Now it's 60-40 that you think the college athlete should be an employee that's because the neighbor, National Labor Relations Board in New England voted, sided with the Dartmouth men's basketball team yesterday and said, yeah, they should be employees of Dartmouth. Now, the Ivy League's different. A, they're all private, and B, they don't hand out athletic scholarships. So, you know, the Ivy League's very different than the rest of college sports. But, you know, it sets a precedent. There will be appeals. We think this is going to the Supreme Court. It's going to take like three years, but. And there's a second case going on with USC. Right. They're suing the conference as well. That would perhaps put all athletes, both public and private university school athletes, in the same jambalaya, if you will, for this. So if you think that college athletics is messy now, once again, in court or before people who vote, uh, the NCAA and the current model is losing. In fact, it's difficult to remember the last time they won. Even 10 years ago when the National Labor Relations Board didn't rule in favor of the Northwestern football player, as was explained to us last hour, basically the NLRB said, well, we could render a verdict, but to be honest with you, it would just create too much of a mess. You know, we got private schools and public that are both in the Big Ten. And so if we rule in favor of one, it could or could not apply to the other. So we're just going to be honest with you. We'll sit this one out. Sorry, Northwestern football players, that we're not going to give you what you wanted. But we just think it'd be inopportune at this time. Ten years later, NLRB in New England doesn't feel that way. So game on. And this story is just going to continue to proceed. And as we pointed out, we don't see a good outcome for the NCAA who hasn't had one in quite some time. The irony is, like the NLRB, for what it's worth, if you want to draw politics into this, uh, it's based on which party 
controls the White House. So if, you know, Trump were still in office, you'd have five members of the NLRB. They'd be three Republican, two Democrat. Since Biden's in the White House, it's three to two. But one of the two Republicans, for whatever reason, is not serving. So the vote's actually three to one along party lines. But here's the funny thing. You go to the Supreme Court. You go back and take a look at that Austin case from a few years ago. Do you know who the most ardent people were in their line of questioning against the NCAA? It was the most conservative members of the court. Clarence Thomas, Brett Kavanaugh. They destroyed the NCAA in questioning. So, you know, the makeup of the court, I believe it or not, the NLRB could be a friendlier audience for the NCAA than pretty far down the court chamber, if you will. And certainly at the Supreme Court level, as Amanda told us, I mean, Brett Kavanaugh is begging for this case to get to him. He so wants to rule in favor of the athlete. I mean, that's which is why Miller and Moulton and, you know, our legal expertise, we'll say it again, consists of watching law and order. But we do not understand why the NCAA continues to go down this road. There's not a single house where they're going to get candy. And Amanda's explanation was simply that she doesn't believe the NCAA has another choice at this point. Yeah, it's called settle. It's called come up with a plan. And they've not done it. They've not come close. They've not tried. They've not made one effort to slow this down. They just keep, they keep going back on the amateurism policy of which has been completely and utterly tossed to the side. What I don't understand, Mark, say I'm, I'm interviewing for the job to replace Mark Emmert as NCAA president. I mean, in the job interview, right? It's like trying to get an NFL head coaching job here. Don't you have to have a plan? Who are your coordinators? Right. Who are your coordinators? Well, here's my list of three on both sides and what have you. Here's my connection. This, I mean, when you're interviewing, when you're Charlie Baker and you're trying to get this job, don't you have to tell them, well, what's your plan going forward? I'm just going to keep on uh, fighting the fight that you guys have been fighting. We're just going to kick the can down the road and hope the Supreme Court rules in our favor? Uh, well, uh, sir, I don't know if you've noticed, but since 2009, all we're doing is losing. Ah, no, I think things will change. I mean, it'd be like the people running the Lions coming in three years ago. Uh, what are you going to do differently than uh, Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn? Ah, not much. We'll just get better press conferences. But no, we're pretty much going to do the same thing. You know, we think they were onto something. Really? Huh. Speaking of which, quick sidebar. Did you catch the Lions GM yesterday? Lions GM showed up with the receipts. It was awesome. Brad Holmes, he was calling out reporters. He's like, you didn't want us to draft Penny Sewell. You didn't want us. You didn't like this guy. You thought St. Brown was a reach. You thought Gibbs was a reach. I mean, you thought we should have taken a quarterback here. And and he's talking. He's looking right at reporters. You thought we should have took a quarterback instead of Penny Sewell. You thought it was a mistake to wait till the fourth round to draft the wide receiver. Okay. Oh, yeah. And he looks around the room and he goes, there's about two of you here who I really respect that you said, you know what? I was wrong. He goes, because I have to be held accountable. And I think I am. Okay. We've gotten things wrong. He mentioned a third round pick they they missed on in his first year. All right. And he goes, you know, we got things wrong and I have to be held accountable. You guys 
Uh, I don't know. We've done a lot of things right, and you guys have done nothing but give us grief for three years. I'm just waiting for when are you guys going to be held accountable? When are you going to be held to the same standard we're held to? I mean, people around the country are like, absolutely. Give it to the media. Media sucks. Give it to them. Oh, yeah. Brad Holmes showed up with receipts, Mark. Good for him. Now, what I hope the media doesn't do is write their apology columns today. Oh, some of them have already started. Or going back and finding their old tweets and trying to defend themselves. Yeah, that's the wrong move. You know what you write the column is? I was wrong and here's why. Not the apology. Miller and Moulton. Welcome to the bonus hour, brought to you by Jason and Todd at the Diamond District. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. 21 minutes past the hour. Good, bad, and ugly. What's on tap today was the day when, along with final thoughts, and maybe a money-making pick or two. Coming up in a little less than 20 minutes' time. Poll question. Been a dominant topic of conversation today. Should college athletes be employees? That path may have started yesterday based on a ruling by the National Labor Relations Board, at least the regional office in New England. It'll get appealed to the national office. And Dartmouth men's basketball team expected to win there. And it likely will go into the court system. And the NCAA hasn't fared very well in the court system lately. By lately, we mean 15 years. So um, things could change here soon. And so we're asking uh, if one of the major changes is the athletes are employees. Are you in favor of that, yay or nay? And it's around 60-40, yay. Squeezing with every segment. Started out with a huge advantage for those of you that thought that they should be employees. And now it's moving ever so closely to 50-50 as the day progresses. Well, the Super Bowl's in Vegas, as we've pointed out, obviously. Uh-huh. And we will set a record for the amount of money wagered on the Super Bowl this year, which is to be expected with legalized gambling in so many more states this year than it was a year ago. But it's like a th- they th- expect a 35% increase in money wagered. Last year, $50 million was wagered. On the Super Bowl. Wait, how much? 50 million bettors. I'm sorry. 50 million people bet on the Super Bowl, they say. Not dollars, but 50 million Americans bet on the Super Bowl. So basically, one out of every, you know, they always guesstimate 330 million. Let's round up to 350. So one out of every seven people is going to place a legal bet? Well, that that was last year. 50 million bet last year. $16 billion were bet. Hmm. This year, they expect nearly 68 million American adults to bet on Super Bowl 58. That's like one out of every five. Right. People in the country. Forget adults. That's like one out of every five people is going to place a legal bet on the game. I've I, Well, and I, I think a Super Bowl square pool yeah, is part of that. So I'm gonna... already in. I've already got my squares on a couple of boards. This makes sense to me, though, too, because you have to remember, for all the little cookie-cutter neighborhoods or whatever that might not be doing that sort of thing, you've got a college campus where 90% of the male audience is going to place a bet. 
This year, they expect betters to wager $23 billion on the Super Bowl. So that's up what, $5 billion? It's up $7 billion from a year ago. $7 billion. Okay. I'll be serious here. How much of that is just the state of Florida? I mean, we are the third most popular state. You couldn't legally place a bet on this game in this state last year. You can this year. I mean, you know, you think a billion dollars legally is being bet through the Hard Rock Sports app on this game? Boy, that's a great question, David. I don't know if it's that much. I'll take the over. You think there's a billion dollars legally bet just in the state of Florida? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm with David. The amount of people who live here, especially this time of year when it's most populated. I mean, it'll maybe only be more populated a month from now. So, oh, yeah. Absolutely. And the people here have money. I mean, you got to have money to move here. So, yeah. I'm betting a billion of that's just Florida. Think about how many new betters that is legal. No, I mean, you're our, you may be our right. Population 23, 25 million, something like that. So just to you your math, if one in five nationally is betting, means we've got five, five million, million people in Florida. Right. So five million new betters in Florida. You bet a dollar, it's five million. Ten bucks is fifty. Hundred bucks is five hundred million. And I think okay. that's the number. I think closer to a half billion is the right number. Okay. In Florida. So if it's five million new betters in Florida, the average better would have to bet two hundred dollars for it to be a billion bucks. Now Trentstone in seven. So you know, we're you know, some of us will have to bet a little more than two hundred just to, you know, to even it out. And I'm at a buck fifty, and I haven't made a bet on the game yet. I'm just in squares. I think tomorrow okay. our poll question should be: Are you placing any wagers? On how much are you uh, betting? It should be how much, and then the last answer is: I'm not betting on the Super Bowl. And underneath it, we'll put in parentheses: You liar. <laughs> <laughs> well, once again, I'm telling you: Two out of every three people in America are not watching the Super Bowl. Once again. You know, we got 330, 340, 50 million people, whatever it is. They say, you know, about 115 million are going to watch the Super Bowl. I honestly, could somebody please show me the 225 million people not watching the game? I, I want to know. I might, once again, I got one, my Aunt Kathy. I got one. My daughter will watch some, but she'll go to bed during the game. But she that's still that's still an eyeball on the television. I was going to say, that's three for three in your household, right? Yep. Mom will watch the Super Bowl without question. Now, I don't know if my wife and mother-in-law will count. I do think at some point my mother-in-law will put the game on. Because they'll see, once again. Your wife won't watch, watch halftime. halftime. Right. They'll watch Usher. Now, I will say it's why halftime is actually the highest rated part of the game. Unless the game's spectacular, then maybe the end of the fourth quarter has a few more people watching than halftime. But oftentimes, like the average rating for the Super Bowl is 110 million, halftime's a buck 20. So. But we had Usher this year, right? That's the. Uh, Usher, yes. That was the only bad thing, by the way about the whole uh, Tracy Chapman duet is that the audience, you know, was 
and, and then they did the cutaways. They went from musician to musician, musician, and everyone that they turned to looked bored. They were looking at their phone. They were looking away. It was like, wait a minute, this was spectacular. What's wrong with except you Taylor Swift, who was singing and dancing up on her feet, singing every word to the song. I have to admit, and you know, I'm more a Swift fan than hater. Okay, I don't understand the hate, but. If you're standing, I mean, it's a little awkward. She's like third row table and she stands up. Well, now what am I going to do? Stand I'm up. Sitting, but I, I didn't want to stand up. Then sit down and look like a pathetic person. You would I'm hate sitting behind me at Lions games, David. Or at a concert, I would hope, or too. Or at a concert, yeah. Standing up. Well, but at a concert, I understand this could be the whole night. Most of the night. I get it. Yes. Okay. And love it when someone says sit down when I'm at a concert. No. Right. Can't do that. You know, it's a concert. You, you've got to buy it. Probably not. Right. If there's a ballot, I may sit down. So I don't know. I just thought that, that that's awkward. You know, I understand you're getting up for 20, 30 seconds. You're fired up. But do you feel as if, okay, now I have to sit down. People behind me are staring at my tuchus. No, because it's the oh, you, you, whatever dance like no one's looking. She's just a, she's into the song. She's into the moment. She doesn't care who's behind her. I, well, like obviously. you say all the time, what's behind you it's is not, not important. important. Raul Julia Gumball Riley, look it up. So boy, and if you thought the '80s references were old, that's from the '70s. I think it is. <laughs> I think it was. Yes. Very underrated movie. It's spectacular. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy it's gonna be in my head all day now uh anyway so so there you go we got now we got some poll questions for tomorrow all based on betting on the super bowl this fit okay now can we remember these we're really good at saying we should ask this as a poll question and then the next day it's like hey what was that thing we were going to ask uh, i don't know i forgot i'm writing it down we got this one I'll write it on my hand okay. with a Sharpie. Good. So hopefully we can remember this for tomorrow. Two of us have written it down. So I give us a 50-50 chance to remember it. Yeah, I only have written down the vote in the Swifty special. Mark Miller's kicking my butt. He's 2-0. and He's beating me 14-10. to Miller and Moulton. Good, bad, and ugly and all that stuff coming up next. Welcome to the Bonus Hour, brought to you by Jason and Todd at the Diamond District. And now, here's Mark Miller and David Moulton. You can dance in your chair to this. It'd be a little dorky, but that's okay. I am a little dorky. Yeah. I'm old. We resemble that remark. Miller and Moulton, thanks for being with us. The Diamond District Bonus Hour. Uh, just so you know, Valentine's Day is a week tomorrow. Just, you know, you lost track. You got the Super Bowl this Sunday. You may be oblivious to all that. You need, you know, got an NBA trade deadline this Thursday afternoon. Got a Super Bowl. You know, just just making you aware. You can't, if, if you need to play along, you can't forget it. It's a week tomorrow. It's Valentine's Day. Uh, go visit Todd and Jason. Tell them we say. That is the appropriate announcement for Valentine's Day. We, we're trying to help you. Yep. It's really, this whole show is a public service. And trust me, Trent can you know, back us up based on what he's making. Uh, it really is a public service. 
and we're not making much more. Speaking nope. of which, opportunities like the Diamond District to get a great sponsorship are always readily available. Call Miller or Moulton or text the show at 21000. Or show up on Valentine's Day at Rusty's and say hi to Trent and give him the lead. There you go. Any of those would work perfectly well. They would also work much better than the computers in our studio, which crashed midway through the last segment, and therefore we have no sound to do the uh, whole today was the day when thing. Yeah, all right. Well, 21 minutes before the hour. Mark, how about you go back in time and tell us about today was the day when. How about that, David? We start in 1935 today when the Monopoly board game officially goes on sale. You don't like Monopoly, right? I like it. The problem is only four games have been finished since the game was introduced. You might be right. I mean, it's not risk. There's yet to be a risk. I love risk. Okay. When we started risk, we left it on the table. Okay. And we gave us a week to finish the game. And then my mother's like, I'm going to not only clear it out, I'm going to throw it out. I mean, literally. She'd give us a time frame. All right, did you started. did you put money in free parking? Because that's a house rule. That's not part of the totally. game. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Five hundred. Absolutely. I, that's what you started with, and then you just kept throwing money in. Like right. every time you go to jail, it'd be yeah, money it goes in, in the middle. All the fines. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Because otherwise, the game goes on forever. Sinatra made his debut today in 1943 on a program called Your Hit Parade on radio. Big day for David the day in 52. Queen Elizabeth II succeeds George VI. 1965, you lost that loving feeling. Number one song in America by the Righteous Brothers. That's a good tune. That, that, that's, that holds up. It does. Absolutely. Today in 1970, the NBA announced its expansion. Buffalo, Cleveland, Houston, and Portland. Three of the four obviously still there. And Buffalo moved to uh, San Diego as the Clippers and then L.A. Today in 71, Alan Shepard hit a terrible chip shot. It was on the moon, mind you. Yeah, A little tougher to get that grip and stance. Tough to get spin. Oh. Okay. I mean, didn't, didn't get up and down. 1982, Centerfold by the Jay Giles Band, number one song in the land. Oh, my goodness. The videos that came off of that album. That was a monster song. Monster. Was that Martha Quinn or not in the video? Oh, my goodness. We were mesmerized. 1990, Brett Hall gets to 50, becoming the first father-son pair, equaling his father's task of getting to 50 goals. 2005, Super Bowl 39, the one they played in Jacksonville. They actually played a Super Bowl in Jacksonville. New England 24, Philadelphia 21, Deion Branch, your MVP. Late cover by the Eagles, that late touchdown covered. And today in 2011, Super Bowl 45 in Dallas, Green Bay beat Pittsburgh 31-25. to Aaron Rodgers is your MVP. Aren't you surprised they haven't gone back to Dallas? Yes. And the next three are already lined up. I mean, so that'll be a minimum of 17 years before they return to Dallas. And the next year they had a Super Bowl in Indianapolis. They haven't returned to that one either. Not as surprised about Indianapolis, but I am surprised about Dallas because of the venue alone. And Jera. Babe Ruth, 
Ronald Reagan, Bob Marley, Natalie Cole, all born today. Wow. That's a good Rushmore right there. It is. Tom Brokaw is 84. You wanted me to do Brokaw. I didn't. I, I gave you enough time to let you know if you wanted to go into a Brokaw that I had room for you. That's an awful lot of candles that have to blow out on Tuesday. Axel Rose. Well done, David. Axel Rose is 62. And Rick Ashley is 58. I would have never guessed that Axel Rose was older than Rick Ashley. I will say uh, Ashley's insurance commercials across the pond are incredible. Spectacular. They're, they're so good. What did um, I miss? Well, uh, first off, listen, I don't want to say uh, working for Mussolini was tough, but he fired his son-in-law today in 43. Well, wasn't uh, I mean, his, it wasn't his son. Right, exactly. Uh, before that, Of Mice and Men. Did you read that? Did you yes. Did you write a book report on that? I did. Yes. Of Mice and Men, published on this day in 1937. Um, and then uh, Arthur Ashe died on this day in 1993 of AIDS, which he contracted in a blood transfusion during surgery. So there you go. I just almost pointed to Trent to hit the button, but once again, it's not working. So this is where we transit. You know, Florida's going to Florida and all those fun things. Here's Mark Miller with the good, the bad, and the ugly. I almost just screwed that up. How could you screw that up? It's the good, the bad, and the ugly. What, you, I almost you're called get it the today. order wrong? I almost said today was day one, which we just got done doing. I mean, that's like juggling three balls. You can't juggle three balls? No, I can't. That's I why can't I'm doing either, this actually. job. Two's hard enough. We go to Houston for the good today. We're a team of U.S. Coast Guard Marine inspectors rescued a dog who was trapped inside of a shipping container for at least a week. They were in the process of randomly selecting shipping containers for inspection when they heard a dog barking and scratching. They opened it and the dog popped out. It has now been taken to the animal shelter. It will receive treatment and then be available for adoption. For the bad, we go to New York, the state that is, where they legalized weed a couple of years ago. But they haven't opened up enough stores to support the farmers who are growing weed. And it looks like 250,000 pounds of product is going to have to be thrown away. Wait, what? 250,000 pounds of weed is going to be thrown away because of a retail store bottleneck. Call Snoop. All right. He knows enough people. We can salvage this. I was just going to let you know I'm going to need a couple of days off. I'm heading to New York. Finally, the ugly. We go to Waco, Texas. And the Dairy Queen. Where police arrested employees of a Texas Dairy Queen after they were running a meth ring from a store in Clifton, Texas. The investigation dubbed Operation Blizzard. And I'm, Are you serious? I'm not making it up. Involved an undercover agent making drug buys at the Dairy Queen. Now, I don't know what blizzard you ordered to get the meth. But it can't be confused with my Heath Bar blizzard, which is absolutely delicious. 
And that is the good, the bad, and the ugly on today, February the 6th, 2024. How did they know whether or not you wanted a blizzard or, you know, a blizzard? It's a great had question. To be, had to be a code, right? So, you can I help you? Uh, yeah. And then... Well, there was that one cheesy movie back in the day where they ordered the anchovy pizza. And that was the key for the... You know, so, the right. Is there a topping at Dairy Queen that like no one ever ordered? Right. Because I, you would see where like an anchovy pizza would be the giveaway because you maybe do one of those a day. So it's like, oh, you want anchovies, do you? Yes, I would. Double anchovies. Double anchovies, right. Oh, but I don't gotcha. know what the blizzard flavor is that no one orders. Right. So, um, okay. Here's the deal. They may not be an underdog, but I think we should play these two bets. We have ranked teams going on the road in the Big 12. We've seen how well that's been going. Iowa State is going to Austin to face Texas. Texas, a one-and-a-half-point favorite. I say we take the Longhorns. All right. BYU ranked Oklahoma, not ranked Oklahoma, coming off a loss at UCF, so they're annoyed. They're also one-and-a-half-point favorite at home against ranked BYU. Basically, two ranked teams in the Big 12 going on the road in pick'em games, essentially. Right. I say we do it. All right. All right. There's one other game that Vegas is telling you is going to be a game. 18th-ranked Dayton. First in the A-10. 18-3 and three on the season. Traveling to St. Joe's. St. Joe's is 15-7. and St. Joe's just a point-and-a-half dog at home. Hmm. Just saying. You, you want to you wanna lay the point? Oh, point no. I, I want to take the point-and-a-half with St. Joe's at home. Oh, really? They're telling you an upset's coming. It's a ranked team on the road in conference play. Oh, well, it's true. Eight and one team in conference against a five and four team in conference. Okay, by the way, I've got it where you can get Dayton at two and a half or St. Joe's at two and a half. So okay, we'll do a th- we'll do a triple play. Hell, yeah. we might even just throw it in as a parlay too and go nuts. Fine. So there you go. We'll once again we'll bet Trent seven dollars. We'll throw that in. Trent, you can't bet tonight. We're using your money. Deal. <laughs> Trent's like, I've been losing so much fun. Here, <laughs> you guys, good luck with my money. Yeah, my money doesn't have a great track record. You might uh, not want to use my money. Magic at the Heat tonight. Also, small line. Orlando's won three in a row on the road. For what that's worth. Orlando and Miami, Heat favored by two and a half. TNT double dip. Dallas and Brooklyn, very emotional. Kyrie returning to Brooklyn. I mean, they were so attached. Uh, 7.30 and then 10 o'clock, Milwaukee at Phoenix. All right. That's a pretty good game if you were up late enough for that one. I, I've got no problem with Milwaukee and Phoenix being the – but uh, yeah. Br- Brooklyn and Dallas is what they're going with, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think if John Morant were playing, they'd be in New York for the Grizzlies in the next but... Be in Miami for the Magic and the Heat, but nah. 
Panthers in action tonight. They host the Flyers at 7 o'clock. The ba- big one, Edmonton's Vegas. Oilers have won 16 in a row. 16 in a row. You know the last time the Edmonton Oilers lost? Mid-December. So there. Think about it. First full week of February. When's the last time you lost? Ah, before Christmas. Huh, really? What sport you play? Hockey? How often you play? Eh, three times a week. Hmm. All right. Actually, a pretty good night of hockey. You yeah. got that game. You've got uh, Winnipeg and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh trying to get up to the playoff line. Uh, Dallas, or rather Vancouver and Carolina, another really good game tonight. For those who use the Hard Rock app and have faith in the Miami Heat tonight against the Magic, as David talked about, they're running a boost. You can get the heat on the money line from minus 150 boosted to minus 110. Hmm. Minor, but. That makes it an even money bet at home. And they don't have to cover the spread. You can win by a bucket. These boosters are crazy. They're just toying with you trying oh, to get they you totally to buy. Are. They're nickel and diamond you, and they really in, and then eventually they hit you with one of these. It's like, oh, all LeBron has to do is score 30 plus? And then he drops 28 in a triple-double, has a great game, and I don't get my money because he didn't score 30-plus. That's what they do to you. Don't take it personal, though, Trent. Whatever you do, don't take it personally. I was going to say, Trent, they're not doing it just to you, by the way. But it feels like they're just doing it to you. That's right. the intimacy of which the app can provide with your gambling here now, legal in Florida, where we're going to have record funds bet on the Super Bowl. $23 billion to be bet this year, they say, on the Super Bowl nationwide. Let's talk about that tomorrow, shall we? Poll question. We already got it figured out. We're locked and loaded. Look at this. <laughs> he starts in a good mood and he ends in a good mood, David. I don't know what to say. I know. It takes a three-hour nap in the middle. He should be happy. My goodness. Uh, Seth Everett on the show tomorrow. John Perry, who was the referee in two Super Bowls, the rules analyst for Monday Night Football. He'll join us on Thursday. Thanks so much for being with us. Have a great rest of your day. And thanks for listening to the bonus hour of Miller Moment.